friends, welcome to the 20th episode of the Retro Game Guys podcast. I'm your host, the picky gamer, Dustin, and I'm joined by my three good friends, the retro gaming guru, Zach. Hadouken! <laughs> the obsessive collector, JP. Collect them all. And the infrequent gamer, Alex. That's me. All right, guys, we got a special episode lined up for you today. First off, we're uh, recording the podcast on-site at California Extreme, which is an arcade and pinball show held... <laughs> which is an arcade and <laughs> pinball show held every year at the Hyatt Regency in Santa Clara, California. And today we are celebrating not only our 20th episode, but the one-year anniversary of the Retro Game Guys demo, the first one we did. Release the demo. Right here, yeah. At, we did it guerrilla-style in the hallways. No uh, no uh, help from the people here. I don't think they knew we were, we no were doing permission. it. But this year, uh, we, we teamed up, and uh, we're coming here sort of live. This is going to be recorded, but you can hear we're uh, on the show floor, so... And uh, to help us celebrate this episode, we have two friends of the podcast joining us today. They're here because we realized that after 20 episodes, the rest of us guys seem to be having some trouble taking Zach down (laughs) off his throne. Uh, In fact, uh, Zach has, quote unquote, beaten the boss in 15 of the 18 games that we've kept scoring. Uh, It's really not fair, although I'll note here that I've been able to beat him a couple minor one-off games here and there. Doesn't count. Exhibition. I I, I know, but that (laughs) aside, uh, bringing the new challengers to take on Zach and end his streak. And we're here at California Extreme because we wanted to watch Zach lose in person so that there are no excuses. Mm. So to get to the introductions, joining us today, uh, first we have Don, a.k.a. Don Van Dam, a.k.a. Golden God. (laughs) Hello, everyone. (laughs) I'd like you all to go home and be a family man, please. (laughs) That's a guile reference for any of you. uh, Yeah, there should be echoes. There should be uh, uh, church organs when he speaks. (laughs) You should. You can totally pipe that in after, though. Right? right. So Don has been a friend of the podcast for a while, and he regularly plays in Street Fighter tournaments, including what looks like a fun event held bi-monthly at Level Up Arcade in Campbell, California. You just won one uh, recently, did you not? I I did. I was actually there uh, last Saturday. Took first place. Mm. Of course, I had to throw that on Twitter to make sure you were fully aware of what was going <laughs> on. Uh, well, so months ago, Don did hear that we were doing this Street Fighter 2 episode, and he tracked us down at the San Jose Super Toy Show and issued an in-person challenge to Zach about Street Fighter 2. And as Alex had said, uh, the Golden God's hair was blowing in the wind yeah. when he did it. Yeah. And so, I accepted that challenge. He did. So he Don, was a little hesitant at first, and then, <laughs> you know, he's like, oh, okay, pal, with your long hair, okay, you know. Don, are you ready to add Zach's head to your long line of trophies? Oh, yeah, I've got the the, the spit ready. <laughs> this guy's name on it and everything. Right. You know? Amen. All right. Also here we have James or Mr. Tetris as Zach has called him. Uh, as I've shared before, James is my longtime friend. Uh, in our fifth episode on Tetris, James shared that he won a regional event at the 1990 Nintendo World Championships. He's also a big Street Fighter fan. He plans to use the brain power gained from years of Tetris to defeat <laughs> Zach in Street Fighter 2. So James... Are you ready to race Zach like a line of perfectly stacked Tetraminos? Absolutely. Thank you for having me. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for being here. All right. He's putting the pieces together. It's fine. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) You're a natural, Don. You're a natural. All right, guys. (laughs) Well, we'll be getting to all the gory details of the Retro Game Guys podcast Street Fighter 2 mini tournament later in this episode. But now, here is Zach the future victim Come to on. give us some updates. Oh, and by the way, uh, I am the underdog today. That is clear. Don, you are an accomplished Street Fighter player. But uh, hey, you know who else was an underdog? Rocky Balboa. I've got the eye of the tiger. I've been running up and dun, down dun, these dun, stairs dun. here at the Hyatt. Dun, dun, dun. Getting ready. Rocky lost. I, that's what I was about to say. <laughs> oh, well, I wasn't are you talk- going on Rocky 1? or you know? <laughs> what, what do you mean running? You're using the escalator. I watched you stand yeah. and just go up and down. <laughs> okay, I did use the escalator. But that still counts. I yeah. was... Okay, well, you can be president now. <laughs> oh, <all right. laughs> Moving on. Here we go. All right, so now for a couple of updates. First, I'm excited. Uh, here we are. The band is back together. 
Alex or JP, did you guys have fun on your uh, vacations? Uh, not together, of course, but... Uh, hey, what do you know? Well, who says we weren't <laughs> together? <laughs> That's what I say. Welcome back, JP. Uh, welcome back, Alex. Yeah, sure. No, I was in uh, Texas on my way to uh, Somalia to install solar lighting for uh, underprivileged villages and then clean water supplies uh, for no, them. No, you weren't. And then went to Los Angeles and came back. Half of those things are true. <laughs> <laughs> and did you guys uh, uh, enjoy hearing Dustin and I trip along uh, through our Secret of Mana episode? Oh, best, best ever. <laughs> there were a couple shots fired, I think. There were a couple oh, shots there fired. Were, yeah. yeah. Melbourne. Mel you're Melbourne. Almost, almost, you're getting it. You're getting Melbourne. it. You're getting it. I looked it up. Yeah, you had to. I, I, had I saw to. you linked me the video. Well, you know, listen, uh, uh, me and Matt Damon have problems with that boring part. Right. Hey-oh. <laughs> All right, so moving on. I'm super excited that we're going to be playing Street Fighter 2 today. Street Fighter 2 is my favorite game of all time. Alex, this is my Batman. Uh, I feel for you, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a great game. It's lots of lots. You could have graduated high school faster, I think. That's the story behind this game, right? You'll hear right. that, right? I, I did spend more time playing as Street Fighter than doing homework. That's very true. Were you held back, Zach? Was that was that an issue with Street uh, Fighter Two? Not in high school, no. <laughs> but, uh, I explain a lot more than I know. I don't know. <laughs> well, you'll definitely. I'll have something to share. I'll tell you that. Uh, so, but by the way, it's clear that our listeners are excited about this uh, podcast as well. So I've been doing daily Street Fighter 2 posts on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter using the hashtag Street Fighter Month. And we've had lots of fun responses from our community. So if you want to see tons of games, collectibles, and memories of Street Fighter 2, just go to any of our social media sites. And of course, we'll be sharing a bunch of uh, memories from our community later in this episode. That's right. Uh, and as Dustin mentioned earlier, we are celebrating a couple of podcast milestones today. So on behalf of the Retro Game Guys... I would like to say thank you to everyone Yay, who's listening thank you. and celebrating with us, including all the great people we've met and chatted with here at California Extreme. Uh, I met some guy just a few minutes ago who he loves video games, but he hates playing video games. I'm like, well, that's a first, isn't it? Like, I hate playing. I never play video you games. You guys keep accusing me of that. That sounds like Dustin. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was going to say, we really need to introduce Dustin <laughs> to him. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dustin likes knows assembly, you know? <laughs> I like video games, and yeah. I like playing some. He's just terrible at them. Hey, hey, yeah. hey. I've been in second a lot. Shush. You've, no. you've literally told me you like to watch people play video games. I, it's true as well. That's a whole fetish, I think. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, this little podcast has come a long way, we think, since our awkward first episode. Trust us. Just listen to it. You'll yeah. see what we mean. Yeah. Uh, and your feedback and ideas have really helped shape the show. So we're proud, uh, so proud to be a part of this awesome retro gaming community. And we hope that we're lucky enough to be creating episodes and making bad jokes for many years to come. At least one of those. We'll be making bad jokes <laughs> yeah, regardless, no, whether or not anyone's listening. It's true. <laughs> uh, and we also want to make sure to send a huge thank you to Mark, Ken, Michelle, Webster, and all of the California Extreme crew. They've been really, really great to us, and we would not be bringing you this live episode without their help. Uh, the California Extreme team puts on an amazing volunteer-led event every year. It entertains thousands of people. And we so, so appreciate you. Thanks again. And again, if you live anywhere in the Bay Area, or heck, even if you don't live in the Bay Area, you should make a point to come to California Extreme. It is an awesome time. And it's at a hotel, so you can stay here. You yeah. can party till 2 a.m., whatever you want to do. Absolutely. And on that newsletter, it's a, lot, it's a good way to get informed really fast. Totally. totally. Yeah. Sign up for the yes. newsletter, California so, Extreme. Thank you, California Extreme crew. And thank you, Zach. So now let's get into the show. For this episode, we're covering the groundbreaking fighting game, Street Fighter II. Today we played the arcade version, but leading up to this episode, we also played a bit of the SNES version as well. If you'd like to give the Street Fighter II game a play before listening to the rest of this episode, you can find a real deal arcade machine like they have here at a California Extreme. Next to that, your best bet is to pick up the Street Fighter 30th Anniversary Collection on the Switch, PS4, Xbox One, or PC. The collection features 12 Street Fighter games ranging from Street Fighter 1 through 3. Now, wait a minute. <laughs> 
12 games from one to three. Yeah, I know. So you don't play. Is this, is this, uh, it is true. It is like, uh, what, 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 it's the one we talked about last episode? Which, which Final Fantasy or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's number six. Now it's number three. As you will learn in the history, there's Street Fighter 2. You know, version one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, all to almost to infinity. There's so many different versions that are still called Street Fighter Two. Right. Well, the hyper turbo there champion. There you go. There you yeah, go. So you know stuff. that much. Okay. I know it. I just am g- giving it a hard time going twelve to twelve from one to three. I I <laughs> yeah. I, I, I do math. Um, anyway, also you can grab the original cartridge version for the SNES or Genesis, and of course you can use em- emulation with all the legal considerations that you know of by now. So in this Street Fighter Two episode, Zach will take us through the history of the game. We'll hear about memories of the game from our community and the guys in the room, including our guests. And then we'll share the results of Zach losing our Street Fighter II Minion Tournament. Oh, uh, come on. <laughs> After that, JP will school us on the world of collecting, and we'll wrap with our retro game giveaway, where someone will win one of two prizes. A copy of Street Fighter II for the Super Nintendo Complete Inbox, or a copy of Street Fighter II Special Champion Edition for the Sega Genesis, which is also complete in box. Spared no expense. There you go. And, of course, both come in a case signed by the Retro Game Guys and today our new challengers. And if you want to win our next Retro Game giveaway, like last episode's winner, Andrew L., look for Retro Game Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow us and join the conversation. Simple as that. And after the podcast, Zach will be interviewing Stephen Kleckner, who is a big Street Fighter II fan and the organizer of the Street Fighter II Hyper Fighting Tournament here at a California Extreme. Now to kick off this episode, here's Zach to give us a bit of the background, history, and interesting facts about Street Fighter II. Well, thank you, Dustin. I, I think yeah. <laughs> you'll be giving me a lot of crap. Uh, and Mr. Tetris and Golden God, by the way, feel free to chime in at any time. Uh, Dustin already shared with me before this podcast that he would be completely worthless when it comes to commenting on Street Fighter II. Totally. Yeah, I know there's like a couple of like women in it and like some beastie guy, right? That's that's exactly true. <laughs> Alex, you didn't make any comment. I totally expected you to make a comment after that. Anyway, let's keep going. No, I'm out until JP's uh, collector's corner now. Okay, <laughs> got it, got it. I'm done. Does right. this whole thing stem from the Castlevania 3 debacle that I, I suggested? <laughs> I mean, I feel like you might have liked games before then. All of a sudden, oh, I hear Castlevania 3 and hey, Dustin heart, hates Hearts are supposed to be health, all right? That's all I know. Gotcha. Well, spoiler, uh, a resident picky gamer here sucks at fighting games. Yeah. And so I, I don't know actually you know, how you're going to do today. I don't, I don't know if you've practiced, how much you've practiced here, but I'm, I'm still banking on you. with my feet. Okay, okay. There you go. <laughs> I'm still banking on you to get last, by the way. Thank you. Okay, here we go. So, well, Street Fighter Two is a one-on-one fighting game developed by Capcom and was produced by Yoshiki Akamoto. How was that, by the way? Not too bad. Not too bad. Not too yeah, bad. you gave me crap last episode of my <laughs> Japanese pronunciation. You still uh, got more to go. I got two more to go. Here we go. Uh, it was also produced by the popular... Uh, uh, blah. See, I screwed up already. See? <laughs> I, didn't even get to the, I didn't even get to the next That's name. Reason. All right, so it was produced by Yoshiki Akamoto. Now, he also produced the popular beat-em-up game Final Fight. And uh, it was designed by Akira Nishitani and Akira Yasuda. Not bad. Along with the small team of programmers, artists, and composers. Who's, what were their names? Uh, you, you can go on Wikipedia <laughs> and figure that out. James Banana. Yeah, James, James Banana, James right? Banana, right. Uh, so the first version of Street Fighter II, Street Fighter II The World Warrior, hit the arcades in March of 1991. But months before its release, the game was test marketed right here in the Bay Area. I don't know if you guys knew that. Mm. Um, at two mini golf arcades called Golfland. One's in Sunnyvale and the other in Milpitas, California, which is only minutes uh, away from where Dustin, you and I grew up. Exactly. Right? I went to that golf line, you know, probably a few hundred times yeah, to play arcades too. there. Definitely me too. And definitely play Street Fighter there, which you'll hear that story a little bit later. Uh, also in 1991, Capcom of America's offices were at 3303 Scott Boulevard in Santa Clara, which is less than two miles 
down the road from where we are at right now. There you go. So the Bay Area was a hotbed of Street Fighter 2. I guess you'd say one of the birthplaces yeah, of the game. Absolutely. Yeah. Street Fighter 2 was a sequel to, you guessed it, Street Fighter. Well, <laughs> better than our last week, you know, Final Fantasy. Yeah, who knows what it was right? a sequel to, right? <laughs> just made, they just made up a new name. Uh, so Street Fighter 1 came out in the arcades in 1987. Now, that was Capcom's first head-to-head -head fighting game. And while it was far from perfect, the game introduced several mainstays of the Street Fighter series, such as some characters, uh, Ryu, or maybe you call him Ryu, and there's a proper Japanese pronunciation, which I'm not even going to try. <laughs> uh, there's also Ken and, and Sagat, or Saget, some people say, like Bob Saget. Right. Um, and others. Full house on you. Right, right. There's other characters that returned in later Street Fighter games as well. Uh, the best of three formats was established in Street Fighter 1 also, and then also the controls that had six attack buttons. Now, earlier versions of Street Fighter 1, I don't know if you guys have seen these, had just two big pressure-sensitive buttons, and you'd actually pound the buttons, and the harder you hit them was like the harder the attacks. Did any of you guys play that old version or see it? I played the original, yeah, but I never saw this one with a pressure-sensitive button on it. Yeah, yeah. That was, I don't know how common they are, but you know, it's, it's well known that they've been around. It's just I've just seen the standard cabinet, which... It's well, not a great game probably, to they've got to all no. be broken no. by now. Well, oh, I'm sure that's why they transitioned to the six button because of that. <laughs> yeah, people were hurting the cabinet. <laughs> they were destroying and, them. Yeah, and yeah. themselves, basically. Okay, yeah. So um, so they moved to the six button format, which I heard, by the way, too, reading some of the history on Street Fighter, that not everyone was on board whether or not that was going to work. They thought it might have been a little too complex, but now here we are now. It's a kind of a I still haven't figured out what the, like, the buttons even do, so yeah. it's all right. <laughs> so, so it's still too complex for you. <laughs> exactly. so you're, the exactly. game's not meant for you, Dustin. Let's just put it that way. All right. Well, Street Fighter didn't start the one-on-one -on -one fighting genre. That credit would go to games like a 1984's Karate Champ or 1985's Yi'ar Kung Fu. Uh, but Street Fighter did make fighting games mainstream. I'm curious if you guys ever played Karate Champ. There's one here today at California Stream or that uh, Yi'ar Kung Fu. Uh, we almost... Just, we almost did an audible and switched that machine when we couldn't find the Street Fighter 2 machine at first. We're like, yeah. all right, forget it. We're doing Karate Champ. That'd be, I'd be worthless on Karate Champ. Isn't it like two joysticks, well, we should, right? Yeah, we it's, yeah. It is actually nearly unplayable. I played them on the NES when I was a kid, and even back then I was like, what, what is this? What am I playing? Why, why aren't anything responding properly? What is this? Yeah, the joysticks could be broken. You wouldn't have any idea. It's like, well, I guess, it's, I guess I'm doing something. Who let them take my money? Right. <laughs> All right, when Street Fighter II hit the arcades in 1991, there was nothing like it. So the fighting games that I mentioned earlier were kind of cartoony and simple, um, and maze and shooter games were still the most common games in the arcades. But then Street Fighter landed, and everything changed. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, so players could now travel the world uh, fighting exotic characters with huge colorful sprites, uh, sounds packed a punch. So when characters got hit in Street Fighter II, you felt it. Um, the game even features touches of blood and have you guys seen that there's puke once in a while in Street Fighter yeah. 2? You get hit in yeah. the gut. Yeah. So that wasn't very common. It was kind of a new game for a new generation and a new decade, you could say. Um, Capcom shipped Street Fighter 2 arcade cabinets, uh, but also sold a kit which arcade operators would use to transform any old game into a Street Fighter 2 game with mixed results. <laughs> uh, because, you know, if you've played on Street Fighter 2's uh, machines back in the day, you probably remember how common it was to see cabs, like, retrofitted to be Street Fighter 2. And some totally didn't work. Like there was buttons that were crooked, or like the you know the, the two joysticks were too close together, um, or you'd see like a score from a different game burned into the monitor. Um, and even if you got a cabinet that was set up correctly, there was no guarantee that the the buttons or the joysticks would actually work. Um, machines were often broken, like we said. Players they were taking their frustration out on the machine, and it's still common. I even saw today. Yeah. So these are collector-owned machines here at California Extreme. So this is all private collection stuff, and I still see people 
who paid, what, 30, 40 bucks to get in, you know, you feel that it's a pretty safe bet that people are going to take care of these machines. I still see people like punching and kicking them. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. But I think some people just, their emotions get the best of them. Well, and, and to be fair, not that people should have used machines, but there were still a few of those that were kind of glitchy. They weren't doing the right thing. Like, the screen would, you know, start flickering out and, and yeah. right in the middle of battling. I'm not condoning people abusing the machines, but, you know, even though these machines are well taken care of a couple of times, uh, you're going to see a, some some minor issues. I mean, these these uh, machines, from what I could see, are all pretty dang playable. Yeah, they but, are. Uh, but they start breaking down later as the weekend goes, some yeah. of them. But that's, I mean, they're old uh, machines. What do you expect? Cheaper. Do you, any of you guys <laughs> remember, like, struggling through, like, oh, a joystick that can't jump or buttons when you're playing Street Fighter 2 back in the day? Oh yeah, definitely. And you even you, you see it here right now too. I mean, but that was always a real pain in the ass, especially if you really, really love the game. And you know, the you know one of the buttons didn't work. You're like, oh, I can't. I can fire, but I can't jump. But how am I going to get over that pothole or whatever? I'm done. Makes you a better player, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. It was almost like a roulette too on whether or not you get like the the dried up Mountain Dew stains that are on the buttons, you know. And you leave, and your hands you are just hope, like you hope they're Mountain yeah, Dew. Yeah, you stains. you assume they're Mountain Dew, but <laughs> you just leave the, the cabinet, and you're like, what what is all over my hands? Why do I feel sticky and viscous right now? James, <laughs> you. Well, and this was one of the first games I think where you really started to pay attention to the quality of the buttons and the joystick itself. And now there's a whole cottage industry around this of how clicky the buttons are and what the movement of the joystick is and that's I think this was the first game where that started to matter to you yeah absolutely absolutely and if you're a really good player that one uh, you know malfunctioning controller or even the maybe less of a quality controller could be the difference between winning and losing because some of the moves are pulled off so quickly and precisely then there you go yeah mm -hmm. they have to be immensely responsive because if you have a, any kind of missed inputs you're probably going to get angry and that's how they break the rest of the buttons on there <laughs> right. right well i thought it was cool in the uh, so i played a bit in the street fighter tournament yesterday and and with uh steven kleckner who ran it said look we're going to plan a bunch of different machines you know it, there, you might plan a machine you hate you're going to be sitting down you're going to be standing up there was one machine that was a, a blind like head-to-head -head machine where you don't see the other player and he's like, look, just you got to suck it up. You know, it's kind of, it's, and that is kind of what the experience would have been like back in the 90s playing head to head with someone. It wasn't on a perfect machine. It was probably something with, like you said, Mountain Dew all over it. So going <laughs> we back, hope. You know, <laughs> we think, hope. testing in progress. Uh, so going back to the 90s here, uh, every arcade wanted in on Street Fighter 2 action because simply it was making more money than any other game out there. Um, and by the way, when I was writing this section of the podcast, I started thinking back to the places that I play Street Fighter. And I remembered off the top of my head seven, seven different places in my town that I used to play Street Fighter 2. So I had a comic shop, sports bar, a 7-Eleven, a burger joint, a round table pizza, and my local arcade. Yeah, that sounds about so, right. Do you guys remember how like, Street Fighter was just everywhere back in the day? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, and even me. Like, I, I, as far as fighting games, I've, the most I ever really played was Mortal Kombat. And I, that, that came later and, came and started getting pretty big, too. But no, you're right. Street Fighter 2 was everywhere. Yeah, you could, you're just tripping over them. I, I mean, you're not even kidding, like, with Burger Joint. Like, nowadays you don't see that, right? But, like, you'd walk into your, like, local McDonald's and they... Well, this is back even, you know, they first would have arcade machines and then uh, McDonald's for a long time had, like, Nintendo 64 machines. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, those Some of them crazy. still have. I see posted on Reddit every now and then. Oh, yeah. Someone will have, a, like, a Midwest McDonald's and there's, like, a, a GameCube set up in there that people can play. Like, like a just time warp. Random, yeah. Totally <laughs> random. I saw one that still had a Super Nintendo set up and I still see people with uh, Dennis that have Super Nintendos in there. <laughs> that works. Well, that's you awesome. <laughs> there's been a new trend with uh, Ubers, too, like, that they'll yeah. set up a, 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 a screen in there yeah. and have, like, a Super Nintendo or something. That's that pretty you can cool. Play while you're doing your drink, you some of them have Raspberry Pis in there, so they have like a sort of <laughs> everything. Menu. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> they have a manual. That's what so cool. system you want? What games you want? Everything you know. 
That's yeah. awesome. I would Uber that one. Yeah. Right. Uh, so you talked about stars. Don. You said <laughs> you said uh, dentist. Um, so my the, one of the first memories I have of playing arcade games is was at my dentist's office. I had a cool dentist when I was a kid that had uh, like a centipede and a Mario Brothers and stuff. So it was like yes. Yeah, Almost made it worthwhile going to the dentist. Almost. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we're trying to tempt you, right? Yeah, right. And then pain would happen. Yeah. All right, so let's uh, shift gears and talk about the plot of Street Fighter 2. It's pretty the simple. Plot. People beating each <laughs> other up, getting bloody, and puking. That's it. Well, uh, fighters from around the world have joined a Street Fighter tournament and are competing to become the Grand Master. Uh, the original Street Fighter 2, the World Warrior, featured eight fighters, but that would later expand to 16 in later Street Fighter 2 upgrades or versions. Uh, each fighter has a backstory and wants to win the tournament for personal reasons. For example, Ryu is in it to grow as a fighter. Uh, Chun Li is in it to avenge her father's death by defeating the evil M. Bison. And the wild man Blanca, my main by the way, has no memory of his past and only realizes who, where he came from when he wins the tournament and finds his mommy. I have seen yeah. that yeah. while watching you play, actually. <laughs> yeah, that's right. What's so funny about that ending, too? His mom's like, that your anklet, I gave that to you when you were a kid, and his anklet's just massive for this like beast leg. I'm like, did you wear that around a, your neck? Yeah, it was, a, it was a necklace. <laughs> yeah, you got it. So each character has its own dedicated stage in music, which adds to the feeling that you're traveling the world to take on other fighters. Uh, now, I got to know who are your main characters. Who's your favorite character? Don? Alright, so it depends on the game, but largely it's usually for me, it's, uh, it's Guile. Guile's probably number one. Alright. And we go with Vega and Balrog, and that's like the top three for me. And when and let me ask you, Don, when you start a match, what move do you usually do first? Oh, I wait for you to move. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought for a second, because you're going to fall for that. No, you're going to expect <laughs> me to throw a Sonic Booms or whatever, but no, it's, you have to watch what they do, and then I just react to what you end okay. up doing. So when you, know? you play me later today, you're going to do a Sonic Boom? Oh, yeah, Is that what you're yeah, saying? Uh, okay. At some point. You might see several of them, but you won't see it at the first you know, second of the match. Okay. What about James? What's your go-to's? Uh, it was kind of an evolution, you know. When I started, it was Guile, and then as I got a little more experience, it became Ryu, and then uh, things seemed to click for Blanca every now and then. So, you know, I'd, I'd rotate between those guys. Okay. Makes right. sense. Yeah, any of you guys have uh, the regular? Yeah, game? I have uh, that. that uh, <laughs> the, there's that one with the buns in her hair or something. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, okay. You like right. the impossible mission guy. I know that much. <laughs> I mean, I know I wasn't the biggest uh, player of this kind of game, but I actually did play it as a kid because I'm like, well, sometimes you go to the arcades and that was the only thing that was there. So you're like, well, I'm not going to not play a game. So I play. And I'd usually, Guy was usually my go-to. And then Blanca just because I like the whole electricity aspect of it and then I forget the, what's the guy that can stretch his arms I forget Dalton. 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 Yeah. I always like doing that because it was just goofy I was like oh, he can stretch his legs out 5 feet or 20 feet like, that's cool <laughs> I'm seeing a theme here with Blanca I'm not, I'm not sure if that's something uh, that's going to come back later or not uh, no not at, all. Not, not, not at all. all not at all we shall see Alex you got a favorite character no I went to the comic shop for the comics uh, <laughs> no, was, I'll, I'll be honest. Street Fighter was a game that uh, I was always felt like I was always out of my element because you had to learn the combination moves and stuff. Mm -hmm. yeah. And up until that point, games weren't like that. They were more like yeah. uh, like um, Spy Hunter or Afterburner or something like that, where actually you did things. You know, uh, you had tasks to do. In like the game. more simple tasks, you mean? Yeah, like, not yeah. head to head. You know, and once it got to there, and and it was the the learning curve was. I want to say big, but it was fairly short for some kids, and some kids just got it immediately yeah. and like owned that game. And so it would be worthless. You go up, you see someone doing really well, you're like, okay, I'm not going to spend my quarters on this game yeah. now. That's right? very true. That there's a there's a learning curve between being a button masher player and an actual like technique driven yeah. player. And, and to be fair, that's why I really why I didn't get this game. I don't really hate fighting games, but when you would see these arcade machines back in the day, I barely ever would see it where it was just sitting there by itself, and so I could learn it. 
right? Like I never knew because by the time you would go and I, you put a quarter down, you were always I was always behind the the eight ball, if you will. It was always playing somebody who knew all the moves. So they were all I, better I, than me, well, and they no, were but faster I mean, than me. And they, it's not it's, picky game. It's not fun you to play. You never found one that had all the moves printed right there on the cabinet for you. <laughs> They're still there. We we can show you. <laughs> no, no. All right, all Listen, right, let me tell you right. something about those moves. Like you said, like oh, front back, front back, punch, kick, whatever. It's like oh yeah, it sounds easy. But when you're trying to, when you're when you're in the thrill of the moment, like forget it. My hands are mush. It's right. garbage. Uh, all right. Any any harder than up up down down left right left right before yeah. the uh, timer goes off? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can, we, can we go back to how the differentiating factor for Alex here between Street Fighter and other games is doing things? That's right. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I think if Street Fighter had a D pad, I'd I'd be good. So okay. basically, awesome. what you think you need to be able to shoot batarangs in Street Fighter, and that would make you happy, right? Yeah. You know what it was? I'll be honest with you. It was it was the joystick. Some of the moves you start down, you head to the left, right? Some of the moves you start down, and then you go to the right, and then move back down, or something like that, right? Yeah. Like so, I I never really got the technique down on on the joysticks. I guess is really what it was when it came down. I think to I think there's a lot of players in that same boat. Well, when I thought I got the move down, I still didn't get it right. I'd like. Like throw out a fireball here and there, and be like, "Oh, I got it!" And then I try it again and go, "Okay, I don't well, you, got it." Well, you guys haven't played Street Fighter One, by the way. Maybe Don, you get that yeah, one. It's I like throwing a fireball is like think, impossible. Yeah, if you think the newer games are horrible with inputs, the first one is nearly unplayable. Like it is, I, I, I've beaten it with safe states. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> there's really no other way. Like you could do the same exact motions you're doing endlessly, and it's like nothing will will ever happen. You're literally mashing at that point. And that's how you get the moves to come out. Yeah, it's it's crazy. All right, well, let's talk about the goal of Street Fighter 2. So the goal, obviously, I think, is here is to defeat the seven other main characters and the four bosses. And the bosses include the Mike Tyson lookalike Balrog, uh, a mass fighter from Spain named Vega, and in a return of, of the original Street Fighter 1, which we just talked about, is uh, Sagat. And finally, the head of the evil Shadaloo organization, M. Bison. So each character then has a unique ending, which wraps up the character story. Uh, one bit of trivia here is that the boxer Balrog is actually named M. Bison in Japan. Uh, but Capcom in the U.S. was afraid that M. Bison sounded too much like Mike Tyson. <laughs> uh, so Capcom then swa they swapped the names for, for the U.S. because they, uh, they didn't want to get sued by Mike Tyson or uh, have their ears bitten off. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. Guns out, guns out. Right. <laughs> well, getting to the... <laughs> it was dead on. Uh, so getting to the gameplay of Street Fighter 2, uh, use an eight-way joystick to move your fighter uh, up by jumping. Uh, you can crouch, you can block, and there's six buttons, three kicks and three punches, and they do varying degrees of damage. And, you know, some players that don't know that, which I saw today some people button mashing, and they're just hitting all the, the light kick buttons and punch buttons. I'm like, move over a couple, you'll be much more successful. Mm. Um, there also uh, was some, as you talked about here, some command-based special moves. For example, you spin the joystick in a quarter circle and then press the punch button. That's uh, news to you, Dustin. What? Uh, in sequence to throw a fireball with Ryu or hold back two seconds, then press forward in a punch to throw a sonic boom with Guile, which um, I know Don's going to do with the first move when I play him. Immediately. Um, Immediately. And then right. there's uh, combinations which allow you to chain several attacks together for maximum damage. Um, all of this plus 28 possible character matchups and many more in later games that provided a depth to the game that was never seen before. But as cool as Street Fighter 2 looked, played, and sounded, the game's killer feature was the ability to play head-to-head -head with another human being to find out who was the better Street Fighter player. And it's that competitive aspect of the game that forced players to pick the character strategically, invest the time to uh, learn the special moves and the counters, and generally, the players that were winning, so the people who were kicking Dustin's butt most of the time, yep. uh, they were the ones that were putting in the most time. And to me, for me, in an environment where most of your school friends were also playing Street Fighter II, winning meant bragging rights, right? Um, and I'm assuming it's kind of similar to how like Fortnite is today. 
Except uh, we didn't do the floss when we won. You know, <laughs> Street Fighter Two. I don't want to see you floss, please. Yeah, speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I floss every night. Aren't we supposed to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The dad jokes. All right, <laughs> I'm a dad. It works. Yeah, it totally works. Yeah. So when you played Street Fighter Two head to head, there was definitely some unspoken rules, and I got a little bit of this uh, yesterday when I played in the tournament. So now remember, this was all in person, right? Standing right next to somebody. So if two people were already locked in combat and you wanted to play, what would you guys do? You got to put a quarter. Got to put a quarter up, right? You put this little rail above the control panel. You put a quarter up. There's like ten quarters. I'm like, how do you know which one's yours? Oh yeah, mine's uh, the one with George Washington on it. Right. Yeah. I loved when they started actually adding where it said one, two, three, four, yes. all the way to ten. That was the I, best. I, when I, I saw that, I was like, awesome. The little those, plastic those holders. Cool. Yeah. yeah, those are cool. So, and if somebody was playing solo, it was courteous to ask if you could join or it's you like could. Same rules in blackjack. I, don't, see, right. I know that one. Where you let the pl- one, uh, you let the first player either die or you save them right before they're about to die. I'm curious for you, Don and James. Do you just like barge in and put a quarter, in, or do you? Are you nice guys? Uh, you generally want to make a good impression to start with. You don't barge right in. Yeah, that's later. It really depends. I mean, you know, you kind of get the vibe <laughs> for someone, you know, and you're like, you just, just pop in there. Some people might give you a dirty lurk, and then, you know, they get more mad when you beat them. But so you just come in hot? Yeah, generally you want to be courteous, though. You do want to say, you know, I got next, put your core up there, or just say, you know, can I join in? But you sometimes you got you, you to, gotta, you know. You got to let them play for a sec, just see if you're going to get a whooped. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great idea. I actually never thought about that. That's a little more strategic, though. I'm just going, just going right in, you know? <laughs> so if I have to play before we face off, I'm going to have to just pick the wrong character and play terribly so you guys don't see what, the way right? I, I really play. All right. Well, um, and during the match, I don't know, I, I wasn't much of a talker. I didn't hear many people talking to me. Kind of a simple good game was, was good enough. Um, I also tried to keep swearing to a minimum, too, because I didn't want to let people see me sweat, but that's not always guaranteed. Uh, but for me, it was always awesome to play someone in person. You'd see how frustrated your opponent was getting. You'd see sweat kind of fly in real time. And one trick that I used, uh, I guess to, with mixed results even yesterday, um, and it's only possible in person, is I would actually look at my opponent's hands before the match would start. And uh, uh, close your ears, you guys, uh, uh, James and Don. Because um, sometimes people would, sh- would already hold the command that they were going to do at the beginning yeah. of the round, and you can kind of see it. But you can also fake out your opponent, too. Oh, I'm going to jump, and then you, just, you don't do that. But that, again, only happens in person. You don't get that online. You're one of the screen looking fellas. You got it like Goldeneye where. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all about those little things that can make the difference, right? But playing head to head was not without controversy. It was often, often a taboo to use throws or grab attacks as they could be seen as cheap. Uh, so in Street Fighter 2, if your opponent blocks, in most cases, you can just walk up and throw them for damage. The practice is kind of hard to avoid, and so it can really frustrate some players. Uh, so most gamers wouldn't throw out of courtesy, or they would only throw if like the, you're, uh, you were dizzy or something. Uh, but you'd have to watch out, because some players will throw out of desperation, or they won't do it for a while, then all of a sudden they'll start doing it. I'm curious with Don and James, are you throwers, doesn't matter, all, you know, all, no holds barred, or do you kind of play without throws? Yeah, Rubin's racing, Cole. <laughs> <laughs> Anything goes. Yeah, it, it, it's no holds barred. I mean, Dang. if you're going to put in the no throws thing, that's really just... We're, we're working to your handicap, and oh. you can't be doing that. Okay, so it's not going to work. You guys are savage. Okay, yeah. now I'm going to be ready for that one. All right. Uh, so while I was doing research for this podcast, I came across a popular Street Fighter II forums called Sure You Can. Maybe, Don, you've been to that or site. Yes. Uh, they did an interview with a well-known competitive Street Fighter player named Cigar Bob, and he was talking about his time playing Street Fighter, Street Fighter Online, and I found it hilarious because he actually called me out by name in this forum. Ah. 
And, he's, and, it, and I'll read the quote. He says, this guy just threw me until I died. I got so pissed and started to yell at the TV like he could hear me. <laughs> so you're cheap, too. Well, for the record, I wasn't a dirty player. But uh, sometimes, you know, like you guys, sometimes you got to do what you got to do to win. Oh, so oh there okay. Go. All so things okay. are allowed online. I'm not dirty until it's time to be dirty. Got it. Yeah. Keep, <laughs> dude, keep him guessing. We haven't played yet, right? I got to keep him guessing. All right. You'll fit right in a California Extreme if you're dirty. It's fine. <laughs> oh. Hey, hey, hey. There are several people here who have showered, okay? That's know, true. Like maybe four of us at the table. I don't know. Staff. <laughs> <laughs> there, was a, there was a Twitter post from California Street. It was hilarious. I think it was a couple days ago where they said, and remember, if you have the weekend ban, just leave it on in the shower for the second day. And then it's, and it's like, and by the way, please shower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about the music of Street Fighter 2 because it is awesome. Uh, the majority of the music was composed by a woman named Yoko Shimomura. She uh, brought an upbeat feel to the music, and the tracks have stood the test of time. Um, I'll never personally forget the first time I heard, um, I think it's Balrog stage in Las Vegas, uh, the music's kind of upbeat and gets your blood pumping. Like, oh, man, I'm on a boss now. And she really did a great job of capturing the per unique personalities of each uh, character. What do you guys think about the music? Oh, I'm huge on the music. As far as I'm concerned, it's uh, so probably number one soundtrack for me of all time is Streets of Rage 2. But, yes. you know, good one. I'm yes. probably in the minority about that one with no, Streets of Rage, no. you know. Uh, Streets of Rage Run, we already talked about on a podcast. I remember. And those, I the music that. in that is phenomenal, yeah, too, as well. It's timeless. But I, I feel the same way about Street Fighter 2. Like, for me growing up, you rec I would recognize any of the themes from any of the characters. Like, you could just hear the first, like, second of it, and you could probably play the whole theme in your head all at once, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah, every single one's, you know, almost iconic to, to somebody that's played it enough. And just playing it again this past week, you hear that, the, the first opening stabs of that, that theme song, you know, here it comes again. Yeah. yeah. That, that bell in my sense. What's that? You can literally be walking by the cab, and, like, that's all you need. Yeah. <laughs> you know, all of a sudden, you're, you're just thinking about the rest of the afternoon or something, you know? Yeah. I always remember the damn elephants. <laughs> yeah. When Street Fighter's playing, you hear like, Dukin, Dukin. It's like the, all that's what the like, Dukin is. What I, I, that's a memory of mine walking through an arcade. Is just a Dukin, a I'm like, okay, I guess somebody's playing so Street, Fighter, Street Fighter. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and if people get locked in battle on like the Dulcium stage, like they just play that damn level, and you're like, oh, those elephants drive me yeah. crazy. <laughs> all right. Well, we're gonna take a break here for a second and play a quick clip from one of the we the most well-known tracks from Street Fighter Two. This is Ryu Stage.
right, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's very, me. very cool. All right. Good music. So, uh, uh, as I'm sure most of you know, Street Fighter II in the arcades received nearly universal acclaim and is on many lists as one of the greatest <laughs> video games of all time. What? What are you <laughs> just saying? kidding? Wake I'm just up. kidding. This is important. Uh, this means is. something. I know. <laughs> you are right, Chef reference. Potatoes. All right. Got it. So, in my opinion, Street Fighter II is less of a game and more of a cultural event. I know sure. Dustin disagrees with that. No, 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 no. That's, I think, because I don't think of this like a game. I think of it, absolutely. It's more about the tournaments. It's less about the game it's more about the people playing each other this is one of those early like kind of esports things right yep. um, it, this was this is one of those games that yeah it's not a it's not about you know you talk about the lore and who's trying to meet their old family or whatever but <laughs> there was never ever about this with this game it was all about put your quarter down and let's go that's good yeah I mean so I look at it like the games like Space Invaders or Pac-Man like that level of like importance yeah. when it comes to it, video games. I'm not disagreeing with that at all. I'm just teasing you guys <laughs> about gonna, the game because I'm not good at fighting You're going to piss games. off a lot of street. No, there's no, a lot no, of no. Street Fighter people down here this that are going to like hunt in, you down. <laughs> no, this in the arcade lore in the, the, you know, the pantheon of arcade games, absolutely up there with Pac-Man, with Space yeah. Invaders, with you know any of those classic games. This is no, I'm not talking da yeah. down about this game in that way at all. Well, <laughs> this is what people would, would bring people to the arcades. Yes. And this yes. game single-handedly probably kept some arcade car uh, arcade oh, definitely. places alive I definitely years agree. past they would have. So no, this is a huge moment in the history of, Good of save. gaming. Good there, save. There's, Shush. Also, there's also true by like, <laughs> you know, the machines were filling up with cores so fast that they had to dump it like midway through the day. Oh yeah. To, yeah. To, so more people could play because at that point, like right. imagine how many cores it takes to fill up an arcade machine. Right. Yeah. And yeah. you're sitting there playing the with your buddies. The bottom's pretty much hollow. So, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So imagine, I mean, that tells you how much money was making, how yeah. many people were going to the arcades at that time. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and and so there was a huge wave of uh, like, I guess, arcade frenzy, right? People going to the arcades, like you said, to play Street Fighter 2. But then when Street Fighter 2 came home, that was the second wave of popularity. Yeah. Yeah. So it, you know, after much anticipation, it was released for the Super Nintendo, um, which Nintendo was probably stoked about. They got it first because they had a really good relationship with Capcom. Um, I know I was crazy off the chart stoked for Street Fighter 2 to come home. Any of you guys like get hyped for that game when it came out? I'm not even gonna look at you, Dustin. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, when it released, I, I didn't really know about it. I, was, I didn't know until one of my buddies had brought it over. And literally since the second we played it, that I was hooked on it. Yeah. So that was like my new, my first four in the fighting games, and that was the first and sort of the end of that. So, without knowing what it was, to have hooked, you know, have it hooked me that quick, it, it's kind of amazing. It's awesome. Yeah. So the game was released at, from the uh, on Super Nintendo in July of 1982 here in the U.S., uh, and that was just four months after an upgraded version of Street Fighter II, Street Fighter II Champion Edition, hit the arcade. So it was kind of a genius move. I don't know if it's intentional or not, where you had people playing Street Fighter II at home, but they still had a reason to come to the arcade to play the brand new yeah. version. So that, again, Capcom was making money on both, uh, both fronts. Um, in, in Champion Edition, you could play the four character bosses for the first time, and you could play each other, which was something that fans, using the same character, by the way, I should say, that, that was something that fans had been asking for for quite some time. Um, now, a version for the Genesis would eventually come out called Street Fighter II Special Champion Edition in 1993, which is a little bit late to the game, but, you know, it, it was what it was. Um, and but you had if you had a three button controller, yeah, you had to toggle kicks and punches using the start button, which Ugh. is not a good experience. That was an absolute nightmare. I remember first playing that. I was like, I didn't understand how it was. So if you're playing Balrog, uh, who has the charge moves, where you have to hold all three punches, or all three kicks, it is impossible. It's a nightmare if you're playing on that thing. Wow. Yeah. 
That's no good. It's no good. Yeah, <laughs> Genesis don't in that. that uh, hey. But they sold a ton of pads, right? There was six button pads. There was yeah. you know, which I still the think the six button. All that stuff started coming after that. That's definitely true. Uh, so while we're on the subject of Street Fighter for Genesis, uh, former Sega game counselor, you guys know we can't get through an episode without talking about our favorite Aussie, Tim Gadler. Good day. Uh, he shit. Here we go. See, hold on. And you're gonna you're gonna bust on me. <laughs> yeah. For saying Melbourne. Yeah. But you're gonna did. throw out every stereotypical. Oh. Because under the bus. No, no, no. I, I, I throw you under the bus because you, boy, you've actually practiced Melbourne. them. Mel, that's so there much better. All right. Thank you. Okay. Good. All, right. Hey. All right. Well, anyway, Tim said in our interview <laughs> with him uh, that you can listen to, by the way, um, he was able to play the prototype of Street Fighter II on the Mega Drive, which is the Genesis uh, outside the U.S. Um, and again, this was when people were dying to get their hands on a Sega version of Street Fighter II. So that must have been pretty awesome. That's pretty cool, yeah. Uh, so again, everyone wanted Street Fighter II at home. But unfortunately for the consumer, Capcom knew that and they were not going to let the game go cheap. Uh, in 1992, a release day Street Fighter II for Super Nintendo cost $69. Dang. So when, when uh, adjusted for inflation, that would be 125 bucks today for Street Fighter II. Do, do you get like a special outfit? No, well that's the thing, no. <laughs> I mean, you get, you get the game, you get the box and instructions, and that's it. That's for that much money. Yay. Yeah. Well, you actually, you didn't no, get any in-game coins. Well, I, I am wrong. Hold on. There is one more thing you, you, that came in the Super Nintendo box. There was a mail order form for a Capcom fanny pack. Oh, how that many of those a, do, you, do you have, Zach? Um, <laughs> let's say single digits. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so over 100 bucks. One for each day of the week. Yeah. And, so, and, some, and, well, and if you guys remember Toys R Us, they, I think they would charge like over MSRP sometimes. Or, and they so, definitely they were notorious did. for that. Yeah, yeah. they were. So, there, so I guess there's people paying like maybe the equivalent of 150 bucks for this game. But guess what? They paid it. Yep. Um, and some of the additional costs might have been too, uh, due to the fact that Street Fighter 2 was the largest Super Nintendo game to date. That uh, forced Capcom to get really creative on how they squeezed the game, the arcade game, into a cartridge. Uh, of course, large by 1992 standards, which isn't quite the same as today. Right. Uh, the Super Nintendo Street Fighter 2 was 16 megabits, which is about two megabytes today. That's less data than a single picture on your phone. Oh, and how am I supposed to fit this all in one right. location? But uh, they did a great job on the port, I got to say. I think they knew exactly what was at stake, mm. and they just hit it out of the park. They better if they're charging $69. Uh, yeah. Well, and so even charging that much, so Street Fighter World Warrior, Street Fighter II The World Warrior on Super Nintendo sold 6.3 million Dang. copies, and a, probably a ton of Super Nintendos, too. Like right. This was the reason this to buy one. This got it, right. Uh, the Super NES Street Fighter II Turbo sold 4.1 million, and that Genesis Street Fighter II, even coming late, sold almost 1.65 million copies. Um, and according to some sources, the original Super Nintendo port remains Capcom's fourth best-selling game to this day. After how many dozens of games have come right. out since? It's mm -hmm. also worth noting, like you mentioned, that um, Street Fighter 2 did eventually become a pack-in with the Super Nintendo. So, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so they did release the Super uh, Street Fighter 2 version, and it came with the standard, you know, two controllers. Uh, instead of Mario World, it came with Street Fighter. So you can imagine how many more, like you said, how many more Super Nintendos it sold Dang. if that was the pack-in game. Like, that was the right. be-all, end-all at that time. Right. Sorry, sorry, Sega. That's probably one of the things that did them in in some ways, right? Yeah. Totally. Until they got theirs later. So original reviews of the Super Nintendo version were off the charts. The four EGM reviewers gave it two tens and two nines, and they gushed over the game. So the magazine's fighting game expert, Sushi X, said, quote, Phenomenal, awesome, the best. Uh, Street Fighter 2 is the only game that I've ever seen that really deserves a 10. Superb graphics, animation, no flicker, no slowdown, great music, arcade gameplay, and let's face it, no game has ever compared to the smash hit in the arcade. So I don't know if he liked it or not. Yeah, yeah. Why so. did he give it a 9? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think he gave it a 10, but yeah, I know. Uh, Street Fighter 2 would dominate the gaming press in the early 90s. We have some magazines. I think we had some on the table here. Yep, yep. EGM, Nintendo Power. It was all over the place. 
Um, and uh, as far as the legacy of Street Fighter 2, it defined a genre which in introduced many different fighting games, this whole other wave of fighting games. Some were awesome, totally worthy, like Mortal Kombat, brought yeah. the fighting game the genre to the next level. Fatal Fury, I think, would be on that list, too. But for every good fighting game in the early 90s, it seemed like there was 10 really crappy ones. Yeah. Uh, one game in particular called Fighter's History even copied Street Fighter 2 so much that Capcom sued the game's maker, uh, Data East. Um, I just remember playing a ton of garbage games. There was even one called, I don't know if you guys played this one, called Time Killers. Have you heard I, about that I, I one? I played it once. Um, but going back to uh, Fighter's History, I did play yeah. that before. And I am actually shocked that they lost the lawsuit. They did. Uh, because... There's some blatant ripoffs in there. I mean, oh, totally. There's like a Hulk Hogan-looking character. There's actually some move that looks like the Sonic Boom and like the Hadouken and everything. It's really funny that they got away with that one. Yeah. yeah. I think Capcom tried to like uh, uh, trademark head-to-head -head combat or like, you know, it's like really simple stuff. Yes. Like push a button and you punch them in the face. You're like, mm, pretty sure other games want to <laughs> do that. It's like that guy who tried to trademark uh, Edge. He was starting to sue everybody who was using Edge, like Edge Magazine, Edge.com or whatever. Yeah. I don't think he won. The word though. Edge? The word Edge. That was mm. his trademark, but I'm pretty sure he lost. No, that's a... That's a uh, <laughs> is it a shaving gel company? <laughs> no, that's an uh, uh, old, old uh, roller coaster at Great America. Oh, down, the Edge, just yeah. down the road right here. Some guy in U2, I think, right? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hello, hello. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, as I'm sure all of us know, there were many upgrades to the original Street Fighter 2. Uh, the first upgrade was Street Fighter 2 Champion Edition, as I mentioned earlier, uh, and that allowed some new matchups and re rebalanced gameplay. Then they came out with Street Fighter 2 Hyper Fighting, and that feature sped up the gameplay, added some new moves. Uh, Hyper Fighting was created to compete with the hacked versions of Street Fighter 2 Champion Edition that were popping up in the arcades. It was like Rainbow Edition and all this stuff where you could throw sonic booms in the air and they're totally broken right yeah. it's just it's awful there was a version where you would hit the uh, the start button and you actually rotate to the characters in real time so if you're playing oh as, that's cool if you're just playing as ryu you'd hit start and all of a sudden you switch to chun li or dalsam or whatever it was absolutely ridiculous <laughs> that'd be really cool that'd be fun, yeah. just on the fly I you had your pocket characters all right there you know that's yeah. great well street fighter uh eventually street fighter 2 uh wanted to add a couple more characters they had four new challengers, and you'd think that that's what they would go to Street Fighter 3, but they didn't. They dropped Street, Super Street Fighter 2, um, and then Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo, and the list just keeps going on. The joke back then was that Capcom could not count to three. <laughs> and even after all these year later, years later, we're like, it's Street Fighter 5. So yeah. it's like, you know. Um, but I really don't, personally speaking anyway, I don't think Capcom captured the magic like they did with Street Fighter 2. The tournaments that were happening in pizza arcades across the country in 1991, they've now grown into a global esports movement. There you go. Uh, that's what we see today. There will not, there would not be arena filling esports events like Evo, which is happening this weekend, by the way. Yeah. If it wasn't for Street Fighter Two, Madden tournaments, um, all those kind of things. Yes. And lastly, no good pop culture event happens without a flood of tie-in products, and Street Fighter Two is no different. We got shirts, comics, lunch boxes. There's an action figure tie-in with GI Joe, uh, and so much more. I mean, it's just Street Fighter Two saturated schools and playground. There was even a Hollywood Street Fighter movie no. starring Jean Claude no, Van Damme. No, there wasn't. Yeah, your, uh, your cousin, Don. Yeah, my, uh, my cousin, yeah. yeah and, and it's, it's a great adaptation of the story, by the way. I love it. Love Very it. accurate. Absolutely Ra accurate. Raul Julia, was, no. that was his last role, I think, I know. Too, right? That oh, was really sad. That's so sad that the, the poor guy, like, but he was come the on, most, Adam's family. He was the done. most passionate guy in that movie, though. You could tell totally. he really wanted to hit it out of the park. Well, and it, you know, this is that was one of those movies that, that you know, defined, like, chewing the scenery. You yeah, know, those, that yeah. kind of thing where you just own the role. And he was, the, the movie itself is not that great, but his role. 
it's dude, it's such a it's, fun movie, man. That's a great popcorn. It's flick. a joke. It's, it's a popcorn, but yes, <laughs> yeah. it's not a great movie. But it's fun to watch. Like Raul Julia, just yeah. come, like well, I said, chewing the scenery. Like I'm, I'm just in this whole role. I'm right with you guys. And, and the whole reason he did, he said that uh, his kids were huge yes. fans of the game. Yes. So he basically did it for his kids, yep. and he was by far the best person in that entire movie. Totally. I mean. You know, Van Damme's Van Damme, but I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. He's where's he from? He's from Belgium, I think, right? Mm-hmm. And he's yeah. playing an American-born guy with red hair because his hair <laughs> color couldn't couldn't take to blonde. You know, <laughs> should wear a wig, right? Um, so, well, th- by the way, you guys all know about that movie. Technically, there were two movies. So, as I discovered in an article on Uproxx, there's a 1993 Chinese martial arts movie called Future Cops that is based on Street Fighter II, and it is amazing. So think <laughs> is that the okay. Chun-Li story one? There is, there's, there's a, a Chun-Li story movie, yeah. but this one is no think think like low budget comedy action movie with people dressed up in bad Street Fighter costumes. <laughs> um, by the way, pause That's this. what James and I do on like Thursday nights. <laughs> I was going to say yeah. regular I'm, I'm Chun-Li and <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean technically you're still talking about Legend of Chun-Li. That, that that's those terms are totally interchangeable with that movie. There you go. <laughs> well, pause this podcast right now. Go to YouTube. Type in future cops. You are welcome. <laughs> you are welcome. All right. So that wraps up this extremely short history yeah. segment. We made it. <laughs> and now to help us learn more about the game, here are 15 ridiculous, oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> five ridiculously interesting facts. Ridiculously interesting facts. About Street Fighter 2. Number one, Street Fighter 2 was almost a different game. What? That's right. Uh, <laughs> the, thank you. I'm going to do my own commentary here. Okay. Please. Thank you. Uh, the side-scrolling brawler final, final Fight was originally being developed as the follow-up for the original Street Fighter. And it was even being showed at trade shows as Street Fighter 89. Uh, but because, surprise, the game had very little to do with the original Street Fighter, some people in the industry became concerned that it wouldn't fly as a proper sequel. So the plan was then scrapped, and Street Fighter 89 became Final Fight, and development shifted to the Street Fighter 2 we uh, love and enjoy today. Uh, any love for Final Fight here at the table? Uh, I was going to share another bit of trivia. It's actually that uh, Street Rage is still better. Oh, oh yeah. yes. Uh, for yeah. sure. I don't th- isn't that where that the one. beating up the car came from? Didn't that come from Final Fight? I think there was a final, uh, beating up the car thing in Final Fight. Yeah, it's something like that. Like you always get the, the steel pipe, and I think you're beating up you know, trash cans, cars, whatever else. Right. Uh, final Fight did have awesome sprites and awesome graphics and Huge. everything. It's just, they were, yeah, they were gorgeous back then, but, um, you know, it's fun. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just very biased towards uh, Streets of Rage, obviously. It's, it's Streets yeah, of Rage well, is better. Streets of Rage no, is awesome. I don't think anyone would go with Final Fight on that, but, you know. <laughs> I don't know. You might get some Twitter hate right now. There's yeah. a lot of Final <laughs> Fight sorry. purists. Uh, Final Fight on Super Nintendo, no two-player co-op. Come on. That's like, egregious. Yeah, it's, it's, That's yeah. a good word to use. Egregious. egregious. That is egregious. Like yeah. yeah. Number two, Street Fighter Two has some of the coolest glitches in video game history. So I personally think the best glitches are possible when using the American fighter Guile, played by Jean-Claude, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Uh, so here are just a few. My cousin. Yep. You can perform an invisible throw uh, where Guile can throw an opponent without being close to them. So that's handy. <laughs> uh, you can handcuff your opponent, which makes the second player freeze and stick to your character. Even if you jump, your, your, the other player goes with you. <laughs> uh, and that, that could actually hang up the, the arcade if you don't like actually release them before time runs out. Uh, and that would force uh, arcade opera- or operators to manually reset the game. And I actually even remember signs on some, in some arcades that would say like, you know, if you lose a quarter because of a glitch, it's not our fault. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, the, it sounds like the food vending machines you go. It's like, <laughs> right. if, you, if you didn't get your Cheetos, I guess, you know, give us a call. We might give you your it's money too, back. Too yeah. <laughs> but I remember seeing, like, stuck guile, you know, and the character just in there with the time was zero and it was just not doing anything. 
Um, there was also some earlier versions of the World Warrior where throwing a hard punch and executing a sonic boom projectile attack at the same time would cause the game to instantly reset. So that's not fun. Um, and, you know, it wasn't... Software engineers. Right. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, yeah, and they couldn't push updates. That's the thing, right? So back then, they, what were they going to do? They just had to basically, you know, release a new board and... Yeah, and, do, and just, you know, but I thought, you know, the, the glitches were kind of a part of the Street Fighter lore, and there's always the, you know, there's more glitches in the secret characters and all that's where a lot of that came from. Number three, glitches weren't the only unintended aspect of Street Fighter 2. The combo system that Dustin's so proficient at yes. uh, was sort of an accident as well. So as lead designer Akira Nishitani said on Twitter in 2013, the team was implementing a system to make special moves easier to pull off for people like Dustin. Uh, but a side effect of the programming was just that you... Take it, you just <laughs> digging it. Just, just keep digging it. Well, you're, yeah. This is back when you, were, when you were doing the intros, you gave, you gave it to me. So. This is That's for true. you. We're trying to go. make you a better player and play more yes, the game more than like 15 you, minutes. Yeah. You know? So thanks, by, thanks, Don. We're not inviting you back. <laughs> That's fine. I'll so, apply. It's all right. Right. So by, by making a, uh, special moves easier to pull off, you could now hit a special move in the middle of a normal hit. Uh, this allowed players to chain several moves together. So that was uh, where the combo system was born, and it became a staple of fighting games uh, every, ever since. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you, there's nothing like losing your butt in a Street Fighter match. Like, so you just got like a little sliver of energy, back, or energy left and you hit a massive combo and you win the match, there's like nothing. That's what causes people to break machines right there, your opponent. <laughs> right. Uh, number four, Gaming Magazine e EGM pulled off an epic, uh, I'll say legendary April Fool's joke on Street Fighter II fans. So in their February 1992 issue, EGM published a story and fake pictures of a mysterious character named Shang Long, who is said to be Ryu and Ken's teacher. Uh, EGM claimed that Shane Long would appear in the game if you beat the whole game without taking a single hit, which was totally easy, by the way, right? <laughs> uh, well, this whipped up players into a frenzy. Everyone was trying it. Even other publications started picking up and republishing the news without checking its authenticity. Well, they didn't know it was a joke. Familiar. Right. <laughs> uh, most readers at the time didn't notice that the supposed Easter egg was submitted to EGM by a guy named W.A. Stokens or Waste Tokens uh, <laughs> from Fuljigen, Hawaii or Fuljigen Ha. Uh, get it? Yeah. Yes. Uh, the clever that was joke. Funny. Was, yes, it was very funny. Uh, so the clever joke was based on one of Ryu's uh, in Ryu's in-game quotes, where he says, "You must defeat Shang Long to stand a chance." But that was just a mistranslation from Chinese. But it uh, worked, and a bunch of people fell for it. So there you go. Well played, EGM. Well played. Nice. And number five. Remember when I mentioned earlier that there was a Street Fighter movie with John Claude Van Damme, Don's cousin? based on the Street Fighter game. Well, in 1995, Capcom published a game based on that movie called Street Fighter the Movie. <laughs> so we got a movie based on a game. Then we got a game based on a movie, which was based on a game. Now we just need Street Fighter the Movie, the game, the sequel. <laughs> Capcom, get on that. Get on that right now. And by the way, if you're interested in learning more history and, and interesting and facts. Who wouldn't be? <laughs> there's a lot more. And Dustin, <laughs> I know you're going to be uh, reading all of, about this oh, after yes. this episode. Absolutely. Uh, I highly recommend reading it. There's a Polygon feature called An Oral History of Street Fighter II by Matt Leone. It's excellent. You can read a ton of quotes directly from the developers and people who were there. It's a fascinating read. And Don, you, you pointed me to a couple of good books also, right? Yeah, there's a few out there. Um, they become more prevalent because I think books become more collectible. But there's uh, Undisputed Street Fighter, which is probably the most recent one. It's a really huge, comprehensive look at the history of Street Fighter Street, you know, from Japan to tournaments to all the sequels. There's also an older one. Uh, I think it's just called The uh, Complete History. That one's a much smaller one. I think it's like 10 bucks on Amazon or something like that, 12. Hmm. But it's not as, as in-depth. It's more of just a, a brief history. But if you're going to get one of the two, I would go with The Undisputed Street Fighter. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I think I picked is, that one. Uh, Tim Lapatino, 
if I'm yeah. reading that correct. I think, let's see. Uh, so this one is uh, Steve Hendershot. There we go, Steve yeah. Hendershot. Tim Labatino did the foreword, I Forward. think. Forward. But uh, yeah, he has a great book, Art of Atari, which that, we have just that, that's an awesome book. book. Yeah, yeah, love that one. Stuff. All right, well, that was five ridiculously interesting facts about fighting on the street part two. Woohoo! All right, thank you, Zach. And now. You're welcome. Let's. <laughs> Now we don't have to listen to Zach speak for a few minutes, which is, I guess, finally time for you to drink water, unfortunately. Sorry. Well, guys, we're going to let you drink. So uh, Hydrate properly, please. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now let's talk about memories of playing Street Fighter 2 back in the day. We collected feedback on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram by asking people to finish this sentence. My fondest memory of playing Street Fighter 2 is... And we got a load of responses. Yes, indeed. (laughs) Not a surprise, but uh, so we went through and picked some of the best ones. So here we go. At Ryu underscore Krieger says, my fondest memory of playing Street Fighter 2 was kicking all of my friends' asses. <laughs> I don't know what that's like, but okay. Were you, uh, his, fr- were you his friend, Destin? Uh, probably. <laughs> I am friends with all. And they all kicked my ass. <laughs> right. On the flip side, Terrence M. says, my fondest memory of playing Street Fighter 2 was getting my ass handed it to me <laughs> every time I played. I think Terrence and I might be uh, Blood Brothers or something there. Uh, Enrique R. says, My fondest memory of playing Street Fighter 2 is going to all the different little corner stores in my town and playing matches against different regulars that frequented those corner stores. It was like Pokemon, traveling around and challenging. Oh, maybe I actually will get into Street Fighter now. (laughs) (laughs) Like Pokemon, okay, I didn't know that. Uh, Traveling around and challenging everyone and looking for that rumored better player and testing your skills against them. It was something else. That's kind of neat. I can vouch for that. Even yesterday, Don, you you and I were texting back and forth, and I was like, I'm playing some guy, and I told you his name, and you're like, oh, I know that guy. He's a crazy Zangief player, and like they're people who have reputations in certain areas. There are. I mean, especially around here, like it's, uh, you know, there's some local heavy hitters, especially in the Street Fighter V scene, because that's currently what the you know the main game is right but there's people who play super turbo and it's like they're, they're pretty noble around the area i mean there's one guy's uh vodka gobalski i think is the guy you fought yeah he's a really good uh should have won that player. match too there you go show one <laughs> took the first guy but took the first game fun bit of truth for that his name is actually what zangie's name was originally supposed to be they were going to call him vodka gobalski but you know they changed it probably because they didn't really want alcohol references in their games <laughs> well, and that so kids fun. you know why not all right um, Adrian P. shared, seeing the defeated fighters after the match, it blew my 10-year-old mind. Yeah, they, they do look like so sad and bloody. Bloody beat up. Beat up. Yeah, yeah, totally. At Dave PGH says, my fondest memory playing Street Fighter 2 was when it came, first came to the arcade. I was a paperboy with four other lads. Which weren't playing paperboy? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> uh, no, it's like, well, you don't want to take your work home, man. I'm yeah. not going to go be a paperboy <laughs> and then go home and play paperboy. Work isn't uh, fun to begin with. Why would I play a game on it? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Uh, we'd always meet up before delivery started, which was like, what, three in the morning? <laughs> At least around here. Uh, blow all the money we had beating each other. Uh, usually the one who won everything was late for work. Uh, yeah, totally. Um, at Daz Storm shared my fondest memory of playing Street Fighter 2 was receiving it for Christmas 1992 on my SNES. Weeks before the big day, I would carefully unwrap the present and have a sneaky go when my parents were out. <laughs> So, not to ruin the experience, I selected the worst character, Zangief. <laughs> uh, I bet all of us around the table did some sneaking on Christmas presents. Oh, definitely. Uh, my parents would always just hide them in the closet, like underneath like some shoes or something. I was like, oh, this is so easy. Just peel it back. Oh, I'm getting, you know, whatever. Not Street Fighter. But my sister would actually, I remember, she would actually un- rewrap presents. She would like, you know, if they yeah, she ripped that's it or something, what he she was would, saying, yeah, yeah, that he would carefully unwrap Street Fighter, play it, and then put it back, wrap it. That's next that's level stuff. Dedication, right there. Right there. I would just like cut the corners open and be like, oh, okay, cool, and then turn it towards the tree so they don't see it. You know? <laughs> there you go. All that's right, pro right there. Yeah, that's pretty good. 
at Rich Ambler says, my fondest memory of playing Street Fighter 2 is when Thor Ackerland. Oh, that's a big name in Street yes, Fighter. Uh, 19, uh, 1990 in, uh, Nintendo, Nintendo World Championship. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, When I were VIPs at the 1991 Chicago CES, Thor had promotional engagements with Comerica, but I was free to join Capcom's Street Fighter 2 Kona-op tourney, and that was only open to industry professionals. Good wow. times. Whoa, look at this. Yeah. Some <laughs> look VIP at this guy. over here. Look at this guy. Uh, at Colonel Falcon says, playing Falcon, it with Falcon Punch. Falcon Punch. Playing it with my family. Aww. Uh, my wife enjoys it very much, and we're passing on the torch to our two boys who are nine and six. They both know how to spam that kick button and win almost every time. Best way to lose, in my opinion. Don't want to uh, sleep on the couch? Let your wife win. Right. I, who's I, this mythical wife creature that enjoys playing Street Fighter? I've, that's, uh, don't, I've never heard of one of these before, but uh, apparently Colonel Falcon has found the unicorn. Uh, at Casey Nolan says, my fondest memory of playing Street Fighter 2 is marking quarters for weekday morning tournaments at the junior high bus stop, which happened to be at a local well-equipped laundromat. Hashtag Blanca for the win. Yeah, laundromats. That's another one I didn't think of. There was an Oasis laundromat down by my house that had a Street <laughs> Fighter and a Mortal Kombat and a couple other machines. I think uh, like a Star Wars uh, pinball. Um, at Ultra Golden Ant. I like that name. That's a good one. Says Christmas Day back in 1993 when I popped the cartridge into my Sega Genesis and started the game up. I'll never forget it. That's very cool. Yes. Um, at the unfun gamer, <laughs> Dustin. <laughs> There's a story. Yeah. Hey, hey, oh, hey, that's hey. perfect. But there is a story. There's got to be a story of that name. I like it. Uh, my fondest memory of playing Street Fighter Two is my neighbor owning it and only letting me play if she picked the characters I would be each time. <laughs> Needless to say, I was always Ken. <laughs> nice. That's dirty. That's a dirty pool. I like it. Uh, last couple here, uh, at pasta underscore taco says, pasta taco. Mm. I think that's the winner. That's a, No, that's a bit carb pasta heavy taco? for me. I want like burger taco. Where it's like the burger is the shell. And, yeah, pasta taco is a bit more. I think the bun might put you over your carb limit. I'm not sure where we're going with this one here. Pasta taco, burger taco. Uh, when I was six to seven years old, I got into an incredible win streak with Blanca against the neighborhood's two gaming gurus, much older boys. The button mashing and beginner's luck were very real. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I vouch for that, by the way. I was camping one time, and even camping, they had a little general store, totally. and they had a Street Fighter 2 machine. Yeah. I was on my last quarter. Some kid comes up, starts button mashing, and beats me. I think it was with Zangief. Uh, beats me, and I go to reach in my pocket. Oh, I'll teach you a lesson. I'll get no more quarters. And oh. I had to do the walk of shame you know, like, wah, wah. back to my campsite. And yeah, so sometimes people just go nuts and get lucky. Yeah, absolutely. So All right. Have, Dustin, there's hope for you. Uh, there might be. There might be. All right, lastly, at Matt underscore McKay says, just playing it, the anticipation of the home conversation from the, ar conversion, sorry, the anticipation of the home conversion from the arcades was unreal. Magazines with multi-page spreads, playground talk, the walk into town, handing over the cash, the excitement of getting home, slotting the cart in the machine, Capcom logo tune, oh my, and then he added a sweat emoji. That's pretty cool, yeah. Kind of captures it. Yeah, again, maybe I don't have the same kind of memories for this game, but that kind of idea of, like, there's a game coming, and you and there's no internet. There's no, you know, you read about it in a magazine. Your friends told you about it. You got to walk to the Toys R Us or walk to the whatever store down and to go get it, bring it home, take the bus. Uh, yeah, th those were some good days, man. I remember that for sure. But uh, speaking of that kind of stuff, let's talk about some more. We've, we've shared some memories around the table as we've gone through here. But let's talk more specifically about our memories uh, about this game, about Street Fighter II, uh, prior to revisiting this time. Uh, let's start with you, JP. T talk about some uh, more of your memories back in the day. No, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. 
Thanks no, no, for no, your no. contribution to the podcast. <laughs> yes. Next, please. No, no. I, I do. Rem- I remember playing this game a lot. Um, you know, I, I'm not a big fighter game fan. I like Zach and I've gone to different things, and I was, and he'll be playing Street Fighter. I'm like, all right, fine. I'll, I'll get my butt handed to me. Why not? You know, just because I'll play, just because it's fun. Because I would do that. You know, when I was a kid at the Golf Land or Pizza Parlors or whatever, my friends are there. You know, you. You're there for someone's birthday party. You're like, hey, handful of quarters for my dad. Let's all go play some games. And you want to play the games where you can play your friends. And a lot of times Street Fighter was like the one of the few games where you can two people can play against each other because most games were single-player games. So it was nice to do that. And then once the home version came, I, you know, my buddy Tim and I would probably play that because he always, he always had every single game. So I'd go to his place, and we'd just start passing the controllers around. It was like him and me or his brother and me or whatever. Everyone's just getting a shot and playing against each other. But I don't remember if anyone was really good at it. We just enjoyed playing and then just beating the crap out of each nice. other. How about you, Don? You talked a little bit about, you know, bringing this home and or your friend bringing it over, right? Yeah. But so, outside of that. So, you mean, you know, this thing kind of kickstarted my love for fighting games. And back then, it's, you know, one of the biggest things is that, like, uh, I grew up in Monterey. So, it's a very quiet town, not a whole lot going on. We really didn't have it. We had one arcade that I think eventually shut down in the mid-90s. It was at the carousel. Um, mm. But, you know, for me, this was the first sort of arcade conversion you could play at home, right? Like, you could go in and play quarters and everything like that, but this is the first time where you could take the arcade experience at home and actually be pretty, you know, um, realistic and actual sort of true to the arcade. So for me, it's like, you know, my buddies and I would always play it. It was almost like a social game. Like you could switch off, you have your own mini tournaments, uh, you set your own rules, you know, you might yeah. do like no throws or something, or totally. uh, I have to pick a character you're playing no with. No like, jumping. No jumping. Yeah, <laughs> we did do that, that one before, before actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you're disqualified as soon as that happens, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but it's yeah, it, it was just like such an iconic experience. Like, it's just sort of a timeless game for me. It's like I still play Street Fighter. Like, every version that comes out or other fighting games, it's just, yeah. you know, it, it's my thing. Like, it's, it's my number one genre for a reason. That's awesome. Well, kind of probably on the opposite end of the spectrum there, Mr. Alex. Oh, yeah. No, I had <laughs> never played. I still to this day have never played a home version of Street Fighter ever. Really? Uh, by that time, I was already out of the video games. That's true. That's uh, true. Did thing. you play it in the 92, right? right? Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, uh, but the uh, the comic book shop, uh, I played that one a lot. But it was more like at the end of school before all the other good kids got there. I'd get <laughs> one or two quarters in, and as soon as someone came in, and be like, all right, then I'm, I'm done. Back, I'm but back no, to it Batman. Was, it was a good game. And you know what? It was a legendary game. I give it credit for for basically uh, establishing a genre and a way to play video games. Mm. Uh, and so total respect to this game, absolutely. Cool. All right, Mr. James, share. Yeah, absolutely. Um, similar to what Zach said earlier, you know, I knew every liquor store and uh, pizza place. Still do. That, 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 you know, <laughs> 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 they don't have Street Fighter in them anymore, though, that's unfortunately. True, that's true. But, uh, you know, I knew where every single one is within a, a bike ride distance, and I was saving my lunch money from, from junior high each day to go drop quarters in these things. Um, and I remember very vividly early on playing one at a, at a pizza place where, you know, one of the older kids, he started teaching me the moves, you know, before they printed them on the cabinet. <laughs> and uh, he even showed me handcuffs and kind of blew my mind, you know, saw that early on. Um, so it was, you know, a, a very seminal experience in, in that sort of arcade time. And then when it came to the Super Nintendo, you know, all things were off. It was Street Fighter all day, all long whenever you get home. Um, and I'll say very briefly, uh, you know, a, a, a gentleman I befriended at a bar in Santa Cruz, um, he kind of ran most of this, uh, the arcades in Santa Cruz. Um, still does, but they're not, they're not that many anymore. But he was there during the height of Street Fighter and, and, you know, told me how much that changed the arcade out there in Santa Cruz. Not just the one at the boardwalk, but, you know, all the dozens of uh, pizza places and the... Uh, bowling alleys and things like that. There's never been a game like that since that, that, that changed things the, the way they did yeah. in the arcade. Yep, makes total sense. 
All right, let's wrap it up with the memory start uh, section here with you, Zach. Try to keep this one brief. I will. I will. Yeah, I liked it. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Moving on. No, so I so I, I was in high school when it came out. I used to take the bus to school. I lived out in the country in high school. Um, and what sucked about taking the bus to school was they drop us off from school like 45 minutes early. And me and like four of my friends were like, what the heck do we do? But then, luckily there was a 7-Eleven that was like a five-minute walk from school. Um, so we'd walk to 7-Eleven, and one day, had a couple of arcade machines in there, one day there was a shiny new Street Fighter II machine there. And this was like right after it came out. And so I just started playing it every day before school, and over time got kind of good at it. Um, more kids at school started playing, so then we were playing it every day before school. Um, we're running back to make school, make the bell, right, because we're trying to get one more game in. Um, and then we were playing it on, on the weekends, and there was, uh, at the arcade, and there was some pretty heated rivalries you know, good players in school, things like that. Um, so, you know, just got, again, pretty good at it. And then December of 91, uh, my buddy Danny told me about this tournament that was happening at Golfland in Milpitas. Um, and that ended up being the first Capcom-sponsored Street Fighter II tournament ever. Um, and I didn't even know this was anything special about that tournament until only a few years ago. Um, I forgot how many entrants there were, but I want to say that there was easily over 100. I mean, it was just, that Golfland was swarming with people. They had anywhere from, I think, 12 to 16 uh, arcade machines in a party room. Um, and then they had screens on the outside where like people who were just there could watch the matches that were happening. Um, so I entered the tournament. Um, but before I played, there was a single warm-up machine in the main arcade. And it was a huge crowd because everyone who was playing in the tournament wanted to at least get one warm-up game in. So you had just dozens of people and you had to kind of work your way through them. And I remember running Blanca like through a few people and that adrenaline rush of playing three or four with three or four rows deep of people behind you. You know, it was just, it was phenomenal. So um, I ended up, I think, played four matches, one, two, lost two. Um, but I didn't know who won that first Street Fighter tournament. So I actually reached out to James Goddard, who worked for Capcom at the time, and he was the organizer of the event. Um, he also contributed to Street Fighter II Hyper Fighting and Super Street Fighter II. Um, a little trivia on him, by the way. He created DJ on Super Street Fighter 2. That was actually that that character idea was born in the US unlike the other characters, which is pretty cool and credit to him. Uh, he mentioned that the winner of that tournament was this uh, guy Thomas Osaki who continued to become a top Street Fighter 2 player, baby Don, you, you know him. Um, but yeah, I didn't know at the time that that was a historic moment, um, but I just I, you know, was kind of the, in the, there in the beginning. So I stayed hooked on Street Fighter like you Don ever since. Um, I started also playing Super Street Fighter 2 online. So I had this, Dustin, you and I have talked about this in the yeah. past. So I had this thing called the X-Band in 1994. Uh, yeah. And it was an early modem for the Super Nintendo. You could play people all over the world through a dial-up yep. you know, interface. As long as your sister didn't uh, pick up pick the phone. Pick up the phone, right? Or people didn't <laughs> reset. because That was an issue. People would reset in the middle of a game. Um, and you could play anyone in the world. And so um, I still have a VHS tape that has a video of the leaderboard because it had leaderboards and email yeah. and it was really advanced for... It was crazy. I remember you know. I, st I remember going over to your house and watching you play Street Fighter and did the uh, whole idea at that time of I'm on a connection yeah. I'm playing this game with somebody in like Chicago yeah. and I, I can send them a message through this machine. Sounds so quaint nowadays, yeah. right? I mean, any, any device you have in your hand, you can pick up and play somebody in Tokyo yeah. or wherever. But back then, it was such a, just a groundbreaking concept. Oh, it totally was. I, I, just the idea that the lag or it wasn't, wasn't crazy. The idea that, you know, you can just pick up and go hook it up into the, <laughs> you hook the phone line into the cartridge. Just 
is just I don't know. It's crazy. It, I don't think I had not, a computer yeah. at home at that time. Like uh, I, I don't. That was it, I think yeah. that was my first email address was right. uh, XBand. I wonder if it still works. <laughs> <laughs> but if, so if any listeners have played Street Fighter Two on the XBand, and I think there literally was only like fifteen thousand subscribers at its peak. Right. So it wasn't a lot of people. Um, you know, hit me up because there's a good chance that we played each other. We could even type in your own taunts, like. Right. You know, they would like that's kind of unheard of today. Where you now imagine this crazy stuff people would put, so you right. could put your own stuff in there. Uh, my handle was uh, at Mr. Wet Dryback. That was me. <laughs> that's right, Mr. Yeah. Wet Dryback yeah. man. I would I would just like name my and I still do this, to the, do this today. I'll like uh, come, I need to come up with a username. I'll just look in the in like the room and go, oh, okay, I'm the pillar guy, or I'm like the you know like I'm the Mr. Mezzanine. You know, <laughs> like that's that's my name, Mr. Mezzanine. So I've, I've actually owned Street Fighter machines in the past. Um, look, actually actively looking for a new one, but. Just the other day, I saw a Street Fighter II pinball machine at oh a pizza boy. place, and now I am hot after one of those. <laughs> okay. I want one so bad. But uh, just to sum it up, there's no game out there that gives me an adrenaline rush like playing Street Fighter II. I mean, it's, it, yeah, I'll love it forever. All right. Okay, guys. That, well, that ends part one of the podcast. We're going to take a break now and play our Street Fighter II mini tournament. Time for Zach to go down. All right, guys. Stay tuned for part two. Well, welcome back, everyone. This welcome is back. Uh, welcome back. Uh, this is part <laughs> two of the. Don't make me break out the radio voice. This is part two of the Retro Game Guys Street Fighter Two episode. Now let's get to the part that many of us have been waiting for: mm-hmm. the results of our Retro Game Guys Street Fighter Two mini tournament. There's some surprises. There are. All right. So first off, with the individual matches we're going to be talking about, we had six of them. The uh, matches between myself, JP, and Alex, which we're calling the battles for last place. Uh, st- first up was JP and Alex. Then I took on JP, and then I took on Alex. Uh, and then our guests went head-to-head, James versus Don. And then we had our main events. Uh, best two out of three tournament with uh, James versus Zach, and then Don versus Zach. Uh, we recorded a few of the matches, uh, most of them, in fact, and except one, which James is going to give me a hard time about here in a minute, probably. Um, and also, we streamed the loser tournaments directly live to Instagram. So if you go to our Instagram uh, right now and check out our Instagram story, the, the whole tournament of the loser side is uh, available to stream. So let's start with that loser's tournament. Uh, first match uh, was Alex uh, playing as Ryu and JP as Guile. Uh, so JP took round one uh, pretty handily, but then Alex had a nice little comeback, took round two. 
Um, and it was the third round real close, but uh, JP snuck it out in the end right, for JP. a big old win. Thank you. <laughs> close, uh, but it but was no really box. close, really close. Um, and then I stepped to the plate and uh, took Ryu for I don't know why. Because um, <laughs> I, I think he's, isn't he like the first one on there? Like click button. He's, he's the Mario of Street Fighter. Right, yeah, right, right. He's a very right. good starter. And then the JP took the Luigi, Guile. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, w I have to say I'm very proud of myself. I actually drew first blood. <laughs> Yay. They um, drew first blood, not me. Is that a, is that a correct uh, quote? You. I don't know. Thank you. Uh, and I did make that round one close. And I made round two close, but lost to both. So JP handled me, uh, which not really surprised. I'd say that's not the surprise, is it? <laughs> but here it comes. I did get a little birdie who told me that you should try to be a cheater and use Chun-Li. Um, so on the next playthrough with Alex, I took Chun-Li uh, and Alex took Guile. Um, and I figured out that, hey, she's got this like really fancy kicky move where it goes beep, 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 And I kind of did that like over and over again and jumped around the screen and managed to take uh, Alex down in two rounds. So... Yeah, listen, in my defense, <laughs> uh, here's the thing. I forgot there were four other buttons that did things. <laughs> I only used the first two punch and kick. The first punch and the first kick. I didn't know that they get stronger. Oh. There's no on that machine we were playing. They didn't say stronger. They were just blank. There's nothing hey. above the buttons. Uh, Alex, he, he, needs, he, he know. needs the instructions. Right? Alex, I need the instructions. That's Alex, right. you were playing me. I know less than that. Uh, still, Han, <laughs> I think you got a tip from like a really good player though. Well, so who did I, I just talk said, to? I didn't talk to him. Lee. That's you all think I got. They were just for looks, or why would they put them there? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't want, to, I don't want to play the girls. You know, oh, oh, oh. Now, okay. do, do you see? Do you see some kind of a, a thread between what happened today and what happened during the Tecmo Bowl episode here? <laughs> you know, I, I got your back, man. There dude. you go. There you go. Oh, that's hey. right. Did you guys go to the kitchen again and try to conspire <laughs> against us? That's, that's right. right. Hashtag Chicago. But so that makes the results. I think uh, that means Alex in last place in that tournament. I will take the middle round. I'm the biggest loser. Right? The I'll biggest take out fully. Uh, I'm the uh, middle loser. That. And uh, JP with a win. Whoa. Yay, JP. All right, JP. So, so uh, wait, do I get this straight? So JP won the loser's bracket? Is that what happened? JP won the loser's bracket. All right. He took both games he played. I went one and one, and Alex went 0 for 2. All right. T to be fair, I did tell Alex about the uh, button combinations that were on the cabinet. He took one look at it. It was like totally foreign on him. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what this means. Yeah, what no, is this? You're, he basically ran down. He's like, oh, just do this, this, this. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that's that's easy for you to say. You're right. speaking Chinese to me, right? <laughs> it, it's play to win. I was helping you try to win, and you just it's left your hand off the joystick and everything. Forget it. It's over. <laughs> I think uh, Alex was pushing Crouch to hit in the crotch. I think he, he, he misread that. <laughs> I was like, that. wait, that's what it's supposed to be, right? Like, it's I'm a typo. I'm just going to defend. That's right. my strategy. All right. Now say Crouch, right? <laughs> Defense wins championships, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Hashtag Chicago again. Yeah. Um, so let's move on to some people who actually know what the heck they're doing. <laughs> uh, and we had our first head-to-head uh, uh, -head, uh, of the tournament which uh, with our guests, with James and Don. So bring you guys in here. Uh, uh, Don, what uh, what character did you use for this fight? I used the uh, guy exclusively for this fight, if I recall, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. and then you went... I went Ryu. You went Ryu first round. And, no, uh, I went Ryu both rounds. Ryu both rounds. Yeah, both right. matches. Both yeah. matches. Yeah. Sorry, you're right. Rounds. Yeah, yeah. Rounds uh, in the matches. And, uh, and, and then how'd that work out for you? Not so great. Uh, Don handed it to me. Yeah, that was, uh, was formidable. That was uh, a big kind of smoking pile of just domination. You had a lot Domination. of throws. You had a lot yeah, there's, there's of a lot in combos there. nailed. Yeah, yeah just I, I kind of, you know, it's going back to what Zach said. Like, did I throw a song boom first? No, I saw what James was doing. <laughs> <laughs> I said, oh, okay, I know what to do now because I see what he's doing. Yeah. 
There was it was basically just throw after throw after throw. Yeah. Um, and so I recorded those two matches, uh, which <laughs> James both lost. The Knights put the camera down, and they played just a friendly. <laughs> yeah, we played a friendly. When you you were uh, uh, Blanca. 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 And you can't, you beat him. Yeah. I beat him. <laughs> one time I, I did <laughs> one out of this entire tournament that I didn't record. James did win, but I, I, we, we'd all vouch for that. Yeah, and right. then you guys won when it yeah, didn't count. I'm going to concede to that one because I, I was cut off guard with that. I was like, oh, it, I, I've lost. What happened here? <laughs> and then uh, I think I acclimated after that, right? <laughs> you let you let me pick my my opponent. You went with Vega and, and you eked it out. That's yeah. right. I did try to say, hey, guys, pick my character for me. <laughs> <laughs> and they picked Vega. <laughs> Yeah, no, that was fun to watch. Uh, and then we moved on to each of our guests in a two out of three tournament against Zach. All right, Zach. Yeah. So the first one I believe was James versus you, right? We uh, did. No, we did that. So let's. We'll talk about that one first. How's okay, that? We'll talk about, about that one first. first. Yeah. Well, so, I, I, I seemed to be doing well with Blanca, and but, but Zach was always playing with Blanca as well. So we both play Blanca. Yeah. Mirror, mirror matches are tough, just yeah. so everyone knows. Yeah. They are always tough. And and Zach uh, clearly had the better Blanca. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you put up a good fight, and I will say I also do not like mirror matches, especially with Blanca, because you miss a ball, you're going to get hit with the ball. Yeah. Right? And, yeah. and I don't. I spend all my time trying to fight other players versus like myself as Blanca that I don't really have a strategy for Blanca. Well, right. He's got that so, reach, and if you, you can't stay back too far. Or, yeah, you know, yeah, that punch is nasty. Like I've hit people like you know their mid fireball. You hit him with that reach punch, pow! It's just that's a that's a nasty move. It also hits him out there like like nothing. That's true. <laughs> you right. did a lot of those. Like James would jump in. I was like, oh okay, I see that uh, that Zach yeah. knows what he's doing with the anti air there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but good good match. But good yeah, match again. Zach another formidable opponent. There Thank you go. And you. speaking of formidable opponents. Our uh, last one we'll talk about here was Mr. Don Van Dam. The Golden uh, God. The Golden God versus Zachary are kind of like, ugh, we have to bring him in, I guess, because he's got the equipment. He's like that kid you always brought over because he had, you know, it's like you, we'll be friends with you because you have yeah. the Super Nintendo. Those guys, usually, those guys are around. usually named Brian, I think. <laughs> or <laughs> Kevin. Brian. Yeah, Kevin. Kevin or Brian. <laughs> right. Invite him over. It's cool. He's got the new Genesis yeah. 6 button. It's yeah. all right. Yeah, this is the main event. This is it. The We've been event. hyping this for I months. Know. This has been, I right? think, like six months, something like that. Yeah. yeah. The March Toy Show, if all I right. recall. And so the Golden God is my champion. That's yeah. the guy I pegged. To beat you, you right? For what? all of us, right? For the entire crew here, right? Because and James you've was been dominating us for so long, and I think the angst was uh, palpable. Yes, and so and, we and need someone to, to represent. And Don and Don has won Street Fighter tournaments uh, recently. You know, recently, so right. Yeah. So we break you guys in. Uh, you did uh, what? Which guy again? First it was Guile, and I was already up against Blanca, which is already a challenging opponent for me. <laughs> yeah, right. And that did not bode well for me as it, as it. So this, is game, on video. this right, is game one. This is game one. one. This is game one. Right. Uh, yes, it was God versus Blanca. Got a little overzealous. Zach knew what I was doing. I didn't throw a sonic boom first, though. He did not. <laughs> I did take a couple sonic booms in the face. He I did. did he did. I was trying to space them yes. out properly, but Zach knew, and and yes, it, it did not end well for that one as well. Yeah. Yeah. So for so that one, in the first one, I, and yeah, I noticed in that one, I just was I played on offense more. Yeah. Because a lot of, yes. earlier yesterday when I was playing. Had a lot of great defensive players where they just were taking me out of the air. They were just so I. It forced me to play more defense. Where in this game, I feel like okay, I feel a little more comfortable on the offense. And uh, I'm, if something works, I'm just gonna keep doing yeah, it. Yeah, right. So eked out a victory in game one. Okay, and then game two. What were your guys' characters in that one? Blanca again for me. Blanca again. And I switched to M Bison, which was a poor choice. <laughs> <laughs> I almost went with Vega. Foreshadowing. And then uh, yeah. Yeah, and I hate M poor Bison. Choice. So I, I actually played in a tournament in the Central Valley somewhere in, in like 92 or 93, and it was like a pizza place tournament. And I smoked everyone in the tournament, and I got to this one dude, 
And the, I guess the thing was you're supposed to pick characters at the same time to avoid some of those mismatches. This is World Warrior too, so there's some like Blanca had some serious deficiencies. I pick Blanca, the guy goes right to M. Bison. Mm -hmm. And in that early version, all you had to do was really go back and forth with that flame. Yeah, move. you do the, the cycle crusher. Yeah, yeah that was just, my brother's go to yeah, move too. Forget it, yeah. right? So when you picked it, I had this visceral reaction of like, oh, this yeah. is my doom. But it was not. It was not. It was not. I, I don't I don't like this, but I have to say that our champion Don Van Dam still lost. Zach still Zach. reigning. I know. And I cannot not concede a loss. I was so sure of this. I was. <laughs> this is my religion over here. Yeah. The golden god. <laughs> the golden god has died. I hey, don't, what we didn't get on video was actually Alex in a corner crying. <laughs> I was. I was like, religion's yeah. dead. God is dead. Yeah. You know what's funny? Was right, when I actually took the last match, and by the way, Don, great, great game. Thank excellent you. game. Thank yeah, you. it was excellent. Game. James, same to you, man. Great games. Super fun. This is what it was all about. Um, but the minute like I landed that last attack, both Dustin and, Dustin and uh, Alex were like, Man, like no! they both, look, they both look like just somebody just I kicked right it in the groin. I was right back in the comic shop. We, we were all eating, uh, you know, whatever Reese's peanut butter cups, right. drinking Pepsi. The crowd was around the video game, right. and like one kid was a victor, one kid was a loser. That's right. Like it was, it was like well, a and it was Karate Kid. It was, it was Karate Kid. And I yeah. video, I videoed all these like these games, and and I, I've got to go back and look, but I'm pretty sure the you know I had a nice steady shot from behind you guys. Real nice good. It's going to look real good on YouTube. But I'm pretty sure when that ended, it was just me going <laughs> the phone flying all over the place. It's going to look really great. Because I there's can't a lot believe it. In there. Yeah. A lot of it would have been, the there. It really would have been perfect to finally end the streak on the last it you should know, have the, happened. The one year yeah. anniversary. Yeah. We apparently needed to get you up on this guy's a steroids. This guy's a bum. You're out. <laughs> we Spider Rico. In this bum. case, I did pull the, the Rocky one. I am the Rocky Bob Bowie in this case. <laughs> <laughs> so we got to go back for Rocky uh, two, our WrestleMania. Uh, all right, let's do man. it and see what happens. Well, uh, right, after we uh, finish recording this half of the episode, we're all going down for a Tetris tournament. Just so you know. All right, let's do it. <laughs> I didn't even know there was a Tetris tournament. <laughs> Drop some blocks. There's a Tetris uh, two-player Tetris machine oh, wow. down there. We're going to have James have his revenge on. Seattle. Um, <laughs> there's a there's a deep hole. All right. Nirvana, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Um, okay. JP, are you ready? Are you psyched? Are you ready? Sure. Time to fly. <laughs> Time to fly. So excited, guys. <laughs> so excited. This is... This is <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I've this been waiting for a month. Alex's for redemption. Maybe he'll like this part of the podcast. All right. Yeah, probably you won't. Time for our own <laughs> obsessive collector, JP, to tell us all about collecting Street right. Fighter 2. Oh, thank you, Dustin. <laughs> no. Thank you so much. No. Oh, you're so sweet. Shush. Move on. He is sweet. He's pretty sweet. <laughs> I've known him for a long time. Whatever. He's pretty sweet. Did you taste okay, it? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Edit. Edit. Edit that out. Earmuffs. All right. So, of course, the most authentic way to play Street Fighter 2 is on a dedicated arcade machine, like we've seen here today, like we played on today. The ones that have survived. Yeah, the ones <laughs> that have survived. There's already like two that are dead. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the whole, nope. Uh, so those are going to cost you upwards of $1,000 in decent Yeehaw. shape. And they might be for sale down there. You know, you got to look for that sticker. They do sell them around here. Mm -hmm. All right. The company called uh, Arcade One Up has also put out a four-foot-tall machine that you can buy for about $200, $250. It's not a perfect experience, but if you don't set your expectations too high, I'm sure you'll have fun. Yeah, those machines are great. I, I mean, I've, there's a Rampage Gauntlet Joust, I think it is, one yeah, that yeah. I really want to pick up. Well, and they actually have them downstairs, too. I saw yeah. there's like a, yeah. a row of them there. That's pretty yeah, cool. I heard someone say, They're like, it's tables. Yeah, they're yeah. on, they're a they're on table. Right. 
I heard someone say like, if if you think of them like a toy, right, you won't be disappointed, right, right, and that kind of goes to what you're saying, right? Yeah, because like, they're not sense. like a real right. arcade, but yeah. I'm a real boy. I'd still good enough for Gauntlet for me. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the SNES and Genesis cartridge version of Street Fighter Two are going to run you about ten to twenty dollars, as we learned from Zach's history section. They made about a bazillion yeah, copies. Yeah, that's why they're so cheap. Yeah. <laughs> There's also a version for the Game Boy, which actually looks pretty good. It plays a little choppy, though. Uh, you can get that for about $10. A fun fact for that, the Game Boy version has not, and I repeat, has not been released <laughs> on any modern compilation, not even the 30th anniversary collectors uh, that we talked about earlier, which yeah. I'm really surprised that that would not have been out on, hmm. on them. I think it's because no one wants to play it. <laughs> <laughs> it looks great when paused. Yeah. They release compilations all the time with games you don't want to play, but they still put it on there, and you go, why'd you put that on there? That's no garbage. one really wants to play that one. <laughs> <laughs> really it was it. fine for, what was it, like 1995, I think, when it came Something out? Something like that. Yeah. Barely. We posted about it. It was a pretty popular post. People yeah. were like, wow, I had no idea it came out with the, the yeah. Game Boy. Right. It was also Killer Instinct 2, I think, right? That that, was also I, I think there. so. Yeah. 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 Alright, so lastly, there is an actual version of Street Fighter 2 for the 8-bit uh, Sega Master System. Very <laughs> surprised. Dang. Yeah. Uh, get this, it actually looks pretty good. Uh, the cart is pretty expensive, though. You're looking at about 100 to $200 Ooh. on eBay. Yeah, that's a pretty penny I don't for even, you. Did you get the box with that? I don't even know. Like, I mean, No box. <laughs> no box. the cart yeah. price? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's yeah, don't, very Hey, JP, we're on, we're on mics here. Don't nod at people. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Can you hear me nodding, people? <laughs> you yeah. have to hit the mic with your head. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Thunk. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So now it's Not twice if you're <laughs> stuck in the well. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so now we're hooked. We're the um, Alex's favorite part, so we can yeah, um, right. we can get them set up here now. All right, so now it's from that for the crazy collectible of the week. You ready, Alex? Uh, yeah, total surprise. Haven't looked at. All right, good, yeah. good, excellent. All right, so you guys know the bonus stage in Street Fighter Two where you beat up the car, right? Oh yeah. yeah. All right, so apparently that car is actually based on a real car, which is a 1990 Lexus LS400. All right. You'll probably see one driving around here. We do actually <laughs> have quite a few people driving them. All right. Good news for all you car-loving Street Fighter tape fans. You can actually find your very own 1990 Lexus LS400 on Craigslist for $1,500. beat the crap out of it with a pipe. There you go. Yeah, go park it in the dock, get your friends together, you know, have a couple drinks, some pizza, beat the crap out of it. A 1990 Lexus what? Lexus what? LS400. 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 I'm looking it up right now. Yeah. Next podcast, bring it with you, man. Only 165,000 miles on it, guys. If you do get one, you have to re-rig the horn to honk is Laku. Karachi, though. <laughs> <laughs> I, it should, your horn should be Hadouken. Yeah. Yeah. Or that, too. Oh, there you go. Now, you have now <laughs> the, the, the car in... Uh, the, <laughs> the car has a real life... had a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a Mars Attacks alien yeah. having a stroke. So the car in the, the bonus round actually has a, a legible license plate, so you got to be a true pro and actually try to get that license plate number, too. Like Ecto-1. Yeah. <laughs> That's a different one. Uh, all right. Well, thank you, JP. That thank was you, enlightening. JP. Oh, you're very welcome. <laughs> yeah. So, Don, you got to go find that car. If you're a real fan, that's fine. I'll you bring need it to drive s- that. I'll bring it to Santa Cruz. You know, park it by the dock over there and just beat the hell out of the car. Yeah. I'm in. Be a grand old right time. In. Yeah. <laughs> With our fists, we're like, ow, yeah. ow. I've got the hair for it, so it's fine. I'm like, oh, it's just a normal day in Santa Cruz. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah, they're going to be like, hey, the meth addicts are at it again. No shoes while you're doing that. All right, guys. It's now time for our weekly retro game giveaway. As we shared earlier, we're going to give away two copies of Street Fighter II, one for the SNES and one for Sega Genesis, both in cases signed by all of us. The winner of the SNES version is Adrian P. from Facebook, and our winner of the Genesis version is Anthony C., or 
at Ultra Golden Ant on Instagram. Cool. Yeah. That was my name guys. winner for the day. So good job. Yeah. Well, they that, that CIB complete in the box, baby. <laughs> there you go with sorry, our C-I-B-B. autographs, which you know lowers in value. But we're sorry about that. All right, Zach. <laughs> why did we pick those two guys? Well, besides uh, sharing good stories about Street Fighter Two, both Adrian and Anthony actively comment on our posts. They actually like us. Uh, they're, or just me, at least. <laughs> yeah, or they're bored out of their minds. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> but they're supporters of the podcast. They look like all-around good dudes. Uh, so congrats, guys. Yeah, Thank absolutely. you very much. Thank you. Um, and then also thanks to everyone who shared a memory. Again, we got a ton, uh, even up until today, like right until we started recording, right. we're still getting them. Uh, super fun to read. So everybody, you know, I hope that uh, you had fun sharing your memories with us. We try to read as many as we can. Uh, thank you again. That's absolutely awesome, guys. And remember, if you want to win next time, all you need to do is leave us a comment or share your retro gaming memories with us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Find us using at Retro Game Guys. All right. Well, before we move on to what our next game is going to be, I just wanted to make sure that we reached out right here and said thank you so much to our guests, Don and James. You guys are awesome for showing awesome. up. Good game. Good game, guys. It thanks would be better if you won and you beat this <laughs> yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe thanks to James, but not Don. It's okay. I'll be back. I'll be back. That's yeah. right. I'll be Beethoven. I'll be waiting. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Very seductive right there. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Woo. All right. Maybe I think we're, we're getting back. punchy here. Uh, it's Now it's time to reveal what games we will play for our next episodes. Uh, in two weeks, we'll release a special quick play episode where we'll discuss our favorite arcade games. Don and James will join us for that one as well. And for our next full episode, we'll be playing the action game Rygar. Yes, which came out in the arcades in 1986 and later for home versions. There's a few versions of that game, right, Zach? Yeah, there's uh, so the arcade game was yeah. the action platformer kind of thing. Um, that's So you'd mentioned the Lynx version before. That, yeah. The Lynx version was based on that arcade yeah. version. But then on the NES, it was like completely different. It right. was more of an exploration type game, still side-scroller. Uh, but very, very different. Both games are cool, and so we'll have a chance to play both. Yeah. Is Rygar here at this event I, I downstairs? Have, I, I saw it last I year, but I had guy. I'm like, you mean the guy? <laughs> Rygar? Is there a guy walking around? Rygar, I want to take a picture I on his I saw it last year, but I haven't seen it yet this year. But I'll go look again. I'll take a look. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, the this one's also available. The arcade version is available on the Switch for like 8 bucks or something like that. So it's uh, it's available quite uh, many places. I'll definitely be playing it on my links and bringing that with us to talk about. Nice. So, Yeah. All right, guys. Well, that's all the time we have for our Street Fighter II episodes. Uh, Thank you for celebrating our 20th episode and anniversary with us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast and it makes you want to... Hayouken! For the retro game guys, Zach, Alex, JP, and our guest, Mr. Tetris James and the Golden God, Don. I'm Dustin saying game on. Until next time, friends. The opinions and views expressed on the Retro Game Guys podcast represent the views of the speaker alone and are not the views of our employers.